Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. My name is Peter Engler. I'm the host of this show. We're brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. We respond to the questions that you feel like you can't uh, ask in church. So the question we're dealing with today, you know, it's come up a little bit. It's why would I find a mentor? Um, Sometimes it's how would I find a mentor, but I am so glad to have uh, my new friend, Daniel Sneed. Uh, He's gonna share a little bit about himself, but he founded the Best Bet Skills Academy. So Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Peter, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, Always a good time. Always a good time to turn on the mic and and just talk shop. So thank you for having me. (laughs) Well, we we like to create an atmosphere. It's like we're having coffee together. We're just recording it for a couple hundred people. For sure. Let's do it. Uh, So Daniel, why don't you tell us, introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, you know, about your organization and just about what you do. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, I am from right here in Ratchacha. Mm-hmm. So uh grew up uh on the west side. Um, you know, uh started in uh in the city, uh Magnolia Street between Genesee and Jefferson. Uh then we moved out to the suburbs and gates. Um, let's see, I went to Christian schools up till ninth grade and then finished at Gates Childlike. So tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. I did at Gates, graduated from there. Um, I did a year of college, uh, left school, uh, started a business and uh, failed a little bit, went overseas, played basketball for a little bit, came back, um, got uh, got a, a sales job, got back into business, failed some more and, and found kind of a cool place in network marketing. And uh, in the midst of all of that, uh, married my beautiful wife. Um, we have, uh, Her name's Justine. We have three kids together. And um, so, yeah, so that kind of brings me to, you know, where I am today, you know, life-wise. Best Best Skills Academy has been a a product of my life and my my own transformation. So I kind of, when I I got into sales, that's kind of when I found my place, if you will, um, because that's the first time I really felt like I had a career. Um, you know, I was doing a business uh, in my early, well, I started when I was 19 and, and it ended up failing. Then I went overseas and played basketball. And in the midst of that, I had a bunch of jobs too. Like I, I was one of these guys, you know, the the the, the 20 under 20, meaning I had 20 jobs before I was 20. <laughs> That's a new one, right? <laughs> no, that is. That's a, I haven't heard that. And so, uh, so when I went overseas uh, to play ball on a pro tour, uh, I did not get signed. Uh, didn't play good basketball. It is what it is. And uh, I came back um, and got a sales job on accident. So I uh, was looking to become a personal trainer. Um, and I went into a gym and they're like, you, they're looking for a fitness coach. That's what the ad said. So apparently that's what they call their salespeople. Oh. And so uh, I didn't take the job on that interview because I hated sales and I'm never going to be one of these pushy salespeople and, you know, with commission breath and all of that. I'm just, I'm just too, uh, that that's beneath me. <laughs> and uh, two weeks later, I couldn't find a job. So I came back and said, hey, uh, you still got that sales job? <laughs> and um, But ultimately, that moment was really a game changer for me because even though I took the job planning on quitting after two weeks uh, or whenever I found something new, um, I really kind of fell in love with sales and then found kind of my place. Um, I love the idea that you could get better doing sales. I love the idea of competition. You know, I love the ideas of the freedom that came with it when you're performing, right? When you're doing good in sales, you know, you can say, hey, if I make three sales before one, can I leave early? And they're like, yeah, sure. (laughs) You know, I just loved all of that stuff. So, um, 
that was uh that was kind of the the thing that got me into like understanding kind of my my career right so i at that point i I remember i had this moment i said okay when someone asks me what i do for a living i can now say i'm a salesman Mm -hmm. because before that i really didn't have that you know i mean even in my entrepreneur days you know um you know well when i was starting my first business at 19 you know i i had that but it was just i I wasn't making any money so it kind of felt like um you know am i really an entrepreneur you know you question yourself especially when you're not making money so um so from there, uh, I figured out that sales was a missing piece for me, right? So um, I couldn't make money in business because I didn't, I didn't understand the sales process. I didn't even know the sales process existed. <laughs> and so now that I learned it, I'm like, oh wait, this is this was probably a really big missing factor. And so went back into business, um, you know, with a project uh, called the Human Dictionary. I was teaching vocabulary vocabulary words to kids through an online kind of video program. It was like um it was like reality TV meets like, you know, um I don't know what's the uh show um Schoolhouse Rock. Okay. Right? So it's pretty cool. Uh if anybody wants to check it out, those videos are actually still on YouTube if you search Real Human Dictionary, you can see exactly what I was talking about. But um but yeah, so that business um ultimately failed um and then I got into network marketing. And so when I got into network marketing, um I just embraced it, you know, everything that it was and I really just, you know, put my pedal to the metal and I, and I built a pretty big team over the course of about seven and a half, eight years. Um, team stretches from Montreal, Canada, all the way down to Bogota, Colombia. Um, and so during that time, um, I really began to build skills and I began to understand um, how the how the skills were used in my own industry of network marketing. But then I began to use them a la carte. So um, I had a friend that, you know, was uh, had a video company. He was really good at making videos, wasn't great at sales. So I did some sales for him and I jumped in as a, like a contract worker. So I would just bring in sales. I would take a little bit off the top and he'd, uh, you know, fill the uh, fill the order. Um, then, you know, just being able to network at a high level, you know, um, I got involved in car exporting. So we were sending cars from all over the country to China, you know, Range Rovers, uh, ML, ML 350s. Uh, and in two years, I, I was responsible for helping to send probably about five to six million dollars worth of cars mm-hmm. over to China. Uh, so I was able to do that because, again, I had a really big network and, and I, I knew how to bring people in to help us, you know, and what we needed. Um, I wrote curriculums and, and I taught. I did stuff with after school programs where I would teach kids um, a bunch of times with Hillside Work Scholarship, you know, at schools here in Rochester. Um, they brought me to uh, one of their schools in Rome, New York, Rome Free Academy. So I taught three classes out there. So I was using all of these skills. And one day I just asked myself a question. It was just like, hey, how do you how do you make money? Because I, I left my last job in 2015. So I have not had a W-2 t- since 2015. And so I just said, what do you what do you actually do on a day to day to make money? And I broke it down to six skills, sales, uh, leadership, public speaking, networking, teaching and content creation. Mm. And so as I thought it through, I just realized that there really isn't a place that teaches those skills together in concert to teenagers and young adults. So I said, well, why not me? And so, um, so yeah, I, I had the idea actually a few years ago and I dabbled with it, didn't really do much. Um, but in the beginning of 2021, um, 
I had actually just made a pivot, right? Because everybody's pivoting, you know, during the pandemic, right? So uh, pivot one for me was I was going to move from, you know, primarily network marketing. Um, and even that I had pivoted. I, I went from a recruiting-based business to a more direct sales model. So I was just going out and just selling uh, the services. And that was my focus as opposed to recruiting. So uh, from there, I got very interested in uh, trucking and, and freight. And so um, at the end of 2020, uh, we had everything set up to launch a freight dispatch company. And uh, just kind of a really simple uh, overview of that. Um, truck drivers, uh, owner operators, and people that own small fleets, if they don't want to schedule and book the loads, they can outsource that to a dispatch company. So that was going to be us where we were going to go out, you know, find these owner operators where, you know, they just want to drive. Right. They own their own truck. They own their own truck, but they don't want to, you know, when they're in their downtime, they don't want to be looking for loads and negotiating. So they'll hire someone. So um, so we're literally on the precipice of launching that uh, in the beginning of 2021. And I got COVID. So I had COVID and nothing terrible, right? Uh, in terms of I wasn't hospitalized, but I had every symptom, right? I had like, it just, it just beat me bad. So I got better. And a week later, I'm like, all right, I got to get back in shape because it's still New Year's, right? You know, you got to, you know, I want to, you know, be in the best shape. So I'm like, I'm going to go play basketball. So I go to play basketball and I run up and down the court a few times and boom, I pass out on the court. Like, like just like drop dead. Like they thought I dropped dead. Um, and so when that happened, um, when I came to, it was just crazy. I didn't even know I passed out. Like that's how sudden it was. Like I, it took me a minute to actually realize I was even on the floor. So in the midst of that, um, that was actually almost the one year anniversary of that day. It was January 26th last year. So almost literally one year from that. So a friend of mine, you know, encouraged me, he said, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a police officer, you know, and we've been seeing stuff like this. We've been, been getting calls like this with people that are just getting over COVID. You need to go to the ER, go figure out what's going on. And he, he was like, I, I am not going to, I'm not going to let you like not go to the ER. Like, you know, I know how to get a hold of your wife on Facebook. I'm going to make sure you go to the ER. So I went to the ER. So the ER sent me home. Um, the next day I woke up in a lot of pain in my chest, excruciating pain, couldn't breathe and just couldn't figure it out. And so, um, went back to the ER, um, and they just said, you know, it might just be something with your ribs. You might've hurt yourself when you passed out. So I'm like, okay, but I still feel terrible. So they, you know, get, put me on, just said, take some pain medicine. Tuesday, we know that was Monday, Tuesday is the day I went back. Wednesday, I didn't go to the ER at all, even though I felt like death. I thought I was going to die because I, I physically and literally could not take a breath. Um, mm. Like my, my lungs and my chest just wouldn't lift. And so I suffered through the night, Wednesday night. And, um, you know, I had an appointment with my doctor on Thursday and I couldn't walk 10 steps to get to the car. Like I, I, I just didn't have breath. I could fit, and being an athlete, whew, I just took a deep breath and it was amazing. Cause I'm literally like kind of, reliving that moment where like I I could like to not be able to breathe is something you just don't think about it to, to feel like you're drowning but you're not underwater mm. and so um couldn't get to the doctor he did a a, a a video conference with me and he just he looked at me he said you look terrible and you're gonna die you need to go to the ER now so He's like, when you go, do not let them send you home till they figure it out. Because I've been to the ER several times already. I had uh, EKGs, EKG, the EKG was like, your heart is fine. They just couldn't figure out what's going on. 
I get back to the ER and they said, we're going to do a CAT scan. So they do the CAT scan. And when they came in with the results, the doctors were completely just, they're like, we don't know how you're alive. Mm. You have multiple massive clots in both of your lungs. Mm. You probably should have died when you passed out on the basketball court on Monday. And just hearing that and, and then understanding the gravity of what blood clots are, mm-hmm. understand, understanding the gravity of them being in your lungs, um, I, I just knew that, like, God spared me. Like, I, 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 when the doctor looks at you and tells you, like, we don't know how you're alive because of how severe these clots are, it's just like, that, that was a wake-up call for me. So... Um, so I had some recovery time. So uh, if you don't know this, um, if you're listening, when you get blood clots, um, uh, and I know it's in the lungs particularly, I don't know about the rest of the body, but it actually kills it, the part of your lung where the clot is dies. So not only do you have to go on blood thinners, to have to get, they have to get rid of the clot, but then your lungs have to rejuvenate, which they do. They have to rejuvenate themselves. So it's not like, okay, once the clots are gone, then you're out of the woods. Like you gotta just, there's this process of waiting. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, yeah, I had to sit down. I sat down and you know, it was, it was the, it was great timing. You know how, how everything happened for me um, because I was in a situation where because of the changes that I made in my network marketing business the year before, I built up a nice residual, so I didn't have this pressure to go back to work. I was able to kind of just relax and, and breathe, if you will, or kind of get back to breathing again. Um, but in that time, um, that's when I really started thinking about what am I really doing career-wise? Um, for me, freight was, that was, it was, a, it was a money play. And not like, you know, in, a, in an evil way. It was just like, oh, that was my next move in business, right? I need a paycheck. Exactly, 100%. Yeah. And, um, but I was, I really started thinking, no, I, I want to leave a mark. I want to do something that is completely different. Like I, I want to impact people and how can I do that? So I started just thinking. And so from there I got into podcasting. So I started my own podcast, uh, the hustle bone podcast. So, uh, if you get a chance, check that out. <laughs> um, but I started a podcast and then as I began to learn more about the space, um, and just content in general, right? I put myself like through this like 10 week just boot camp or just in, this intense college course on just content where I just read everything I could on, you know, how to monetize, how to do this, how to do that. And I thought about Best Best Skills Academy. Um, initially, it was something that was going to be in person that I was going to teach for free, um, basically as a value add and as like a give back for my business. But I said, no, this, this really, this has some merit to it. This could be my next move. And me and my wife, we discussed it, uh, actually driving back from Florida um, in March of last year. Yeah, yeah, March of last year. And um, we we made a quality decision. And for those listening, uh, me and my wife, we have this thing called a quality decision that when we make a quality decision, we don't we don't retreat. Mm-hmm. Whatever that quality, we just, it, that's where we're going with it. And so uh, we did that. And so um, I went out and actually, got a mentor, um, you know, enrolled myself in a course on how to build and uh, market an online course. And um, yeah, so so that's what kind of was the pivot that brought me into the space. And, you know, we actually, uh, I did a prototype of the course in July that went fantastic. Um, because you gotta test everything, 
You know, I mean, I want to teach kids about networking, sales, leadership, public speaking. You know, do kids want to learn this? Right. You got to you have to be able to answer that question. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we, we found that teenagers, young adults, they love it. They were fully engaged. Um, some of the parents of the students that took that course were concerned because it was Zoom. Um, and they're like, our kids are Zoomed out. They don't want to do Zoom again, you know? And But the, the attendance rate for each call was above 95% because they wanted to be there. They were engaged in the information. And so, um, so yeah, so over the summer, the prototype, it, it showed me that the, the next generation, Gen Z, they see value in, in what I was sharing with them. And um, so, yeah, I built the course out over the next three months and, you know, here, here we are today and I'm just, you know, sharing, you know, what it is. And I forgot what the original question was that you asked me. Well, no, no, you, you, you did it. No, this is great. Um, let, let me, let me kind of back up. That was a good overview, but <clears throat> so I think what's in my mind, you mentioned having a mentor when you started Best Best uh, Best Skills Academy. You just um, call it BBSA. BBSA. I am, thank you so much. <laughs> I, got I, you. Uh, I I like went over it like three times. I knew I was going to do that, so I appreciate your graciousness. No worries. Before um, before you started, you know, this business, did you have a mentor before that? Yes or no? And then I'll have a follow up. Absolutely. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. So. You went through a lot. Mm -hmm. um, who did what basketball team? I'm just curious. Did you try out for? So I I made a team called USA Select. Oh, okay. And that team was a tour to go over to Europe and you play exhibition games and you just you play basically it's a showcase and you play oh, in front okay. of these coaches and you hope that after the game they come up to you and say hey we want you to stay. Got it. Got <laughs> so it. yeah, yeah. So what about your story in the in the season that you were starting business, looking for your job, playing basketball, what made a difference having a mentor for you there? Cause that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I would say um, the mentor came for me more so once I got into network marketing. Mm. Um, so, you know, before then, you know, I was kind of, and I take that back and I had some mentors before then because for my first business, it was a nonprofit and we had a board of directors. So I had some people that were around me that were like, you know, giving me some counsel, give me some advice. I, I really, really awesome attorney um, that I keep in contact with to this day. I just I just think he's amazing. He's retired now. But shout out to you, Craig. Um, just an amazing guy. And he's just the smoothest guy. The smoothest. He's the first person that I ever. And I'm 19 when I met him. He's the first person that I ever saw that had his uh, his shirt with the uh, the cuff or his initials monogrammed into the, uh, <laughs> his um, his cuffs. And so just just smooth. So I, I did have some mentors there. Um, I wish we had a sales guy. <laughs> Somebody could taught me how to close sales so I could raise some money. Um, but when I got into network marketing, that's really when, you know, mentorship really was like, uh, that was, it was really a thing for me in business. And, you know, uh, network marketing is one of those industries that, um, you know, unfortunately it can get a bad rap. You know, everybody's been approached by someone. Everybody's been in one. Um, you know, most people know it as a, you know, derogatory term pyramid scheme, which they're not, but whatever. Um, but that environment was awesome. It was an awesome place because, um, you really have to develop as a person. And so, you know, my mentor, um, his name was uh, Jacob Rizzo, was just really fantastic. You know, he cared about me. He he saw, 
he saw greatness in me that I didn't see. And I remember at one point, you know, I was getting ready to be a typical network marketer. Uh, I didn't, I didn't start my business with a bang. You know, I didn't have like this, you know, rags to riches in one year story, which you hear sometimes in that industry. Um, I started slow and I want to say I started in December of 2013 and around March, I was pretty much out. I was like, wasn't really showing up to meetings. I wasn't, I wasn't doing the business. Um, and, and so he just called me one day and he had this conversation with me and <laughs> he was like, man, you like Michael Jordan, man. What if Michael, and it, was, it, it, it could seem corny, you know, looking back on it. But in that moment, like, I think for me, what um, was a difference maker is that he just believed I could do it. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had a lot of failures up until that point, failed business, failed basketball, failed business again, and was about to fail another business, right? And so, but I, I really didn't have somebody like calling the best out of me and just saying like, yo, like stay the course, don't give up. And so after that conversation, you know, I stayed in the game. I didn't have a huge, that wasn't my turnaround moment. I didn't, you know, that wasn't the aha moment. Um, it came later on actually uh, towards the end of that summer when we were, at that time we were expecting our first, um, Maya and Nicole. And so it was just like, I want I want a different lifestyle. Um, you know, I, I don't want a regular nine to five lifestyle. Not, nine to fives aren't bad at all. Um, I encourage people if you can, work a great nine to five, you know, your, your job, if you want to be in business, will be your first investor. Um, but for me, um, well, one thing I did know is I knew my core values, my core values are time over money. So if you tell me, Hey, Daniel, you can make 300,000, but you'll never see your family or Daniel, yo, you can make 75, but you could be with your family all the time. That 75 is way more appealing to me. Just and I've turned down, you know, different positions, even businesses that don't offer the type of lifestyle that I'm looking for and want to create. I'm not interested because I have time is my core value. And so, um, but no, so just having someone, you know, as you build that business, I think that's one of the most um, what's the word overlooked or one of the hidden secrets of network marketing is that a lot of times they come with a mentor. Now, obviously I was blessed. I had a good mentor. Not everyone has one. I mean, you could join a network marketing company today and a person that recruited you can quit tomorrow. <laughs> and it's happened to people before. And so that was really kind of like my first kind of, you know, interaction with like business mentorship. Um, you know, my dad, you know, he's always been there. Shout out to him. Um, you know, so he's always been a mentor, but on a business front, you know, that was, it was, it was then, but you know, even, even my dad, like, you know, just, he, he, he gave me some nuggets, you know, coming up, you know, um, you are your own commodity. You know, what does that mean, dad? That means that whatever, whatever, you know, whatever knowledge you have that you can create income from it. You can monetize it because, you know, you, you, you now become your own source. I'm like, wow. Okay. So things like that, I took to heart. Um, you know, he, he got me to read, you know, and into reading. And when ever, whenever I asked him what a word was, he would say, go look it up in a dictionary. Mm. So even that was huge for me because I had a much larger than normal vocabulary for my age. And so that I was always able to converse with people on a higher level or people older than me because 
I, I could hang with them. Like I knew what they were saying. I knew different types of careers. So, you know, my dad would, you know, would be my probably my first mentor, my mom and dad together. And then, yeah, you know, when I got into network marketing, that's when, you know, I had a business mentor that was like, okay, you know, here's how you, here's how you do this business. Here's how you build this. And, you know, ultimately network marketing is, is what put me in the position to not have to work a nine to five job. And, you know, that, that was a huge goal for me. So let's kind of come back to BBSA for a second, because I think one of the fascinating things about you is you're kind of on the front edge of mentoring Gen Z. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, and I'd love for us to interact about this because the old kind of way of doing mentoring was, you know, I'm the sage, you're the mentee come find me or i mean kind of in your situation it was hey you know i believe in you like i'm not gonna let you go like so there's this but what you're saying in bbsa is that hey i want like come check out this course and it's almost like a trial like not a trial but like you know it sounds to me like i'm gonna feel you out and then and i just feel like your experience with Gen Z and and uh, mentoring is very different. I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong or not. So, um, it, I, I so I do have uh, an interview process for the course. Oh wow! Yeah. So, I, and it's not that I'm trying to keep kids out, but I want the right kids in, right? So, BBSA is not school, mm. and it, it's funny in this day and age you make that distinction because of what education has become. And that education isn't so much uh, what it what the root of the word is, which is to draw out, is more or less to uh, learn to memorize and take a test, <laughs> right? And so this is not that. And I have to. I'm very clear with parents. I'm very clear with young adults. Like, um, if you choose to take this course, like I expect you to want to do it. Right. And so we talk through, you know, what their future goals are, what they're on the way to. Um, and there's got to be a mutual understanding and a mutual agreement that I see value in these subjects and I'm, I'm willing to stay the course and take the course. Right. So um, that's the first thing is, is that, you know, the kids have to buy in. They have to. And at the same time, I, I know the kids I'm looking for. So I have uh, five five what i feel like are the perfect fit for bbsa that's the achiever uh achiever is just gonna do good with anything you put in front of them and if they see value they're gonna do even better right so it's okay wow i can use this okay cool um the kid that um either is a gap year um maybe they were in college and left college or you know haven't gone to college yet at all that's a kid that i want that is looking for more that you know hey i'm, I'm working a decent job but I want something better, you know, hungry. I think that's the underlying word for everything. I'm looking for kids and young people that are hungry. Um, I'm looking for athletes that, you know, want to, number one, uh, be able to monetize their name and likeness. That's a new thing now. Um, but if, if you can monetize, but you don't have skills to monetize, then what good is it that you can monetize? Um, I'm looking for uh, kids that have an entrepreneurial just mindset. They just, you know, from the jump, they know I want to own a business. I want to be in position, mm -hmm. you know, where I'm creating businesses, creating jobs and looking for that kid. And um, last but not least is me, who I was, which are kids that are really intelligent, 
but they underperform in school or underperform academically um, because there's a theme with kids like that. The theme with the kids that are really intelligent but underperform, it's just a lack of value. They don't see value in the curriculum. Not that they don't see value in school or the teachers, but you, you can argue with me with why they don't see value or whatever, but the reality is they don't see value because if they saw value, effort would back it up because value and effort live together, <laughs> right? You typically don't get one without the other. And so um, so first, you know, it's identifying, you know, the right kids, you know, I'm making sure that I have kids that um, want to be here, right? Because everything's easier when people want to be somewhere, right? I think a lot of teachers struggle with that in school because they're dealing with kids that would rather be somewhere else for a plethora of different reasons, not to say that they're right or wrong, but it just is what it is. Um, and, and working with Gen Z, he, here's what is incredible about Gen Z. Gen Z um, is the most educated generation ever mm -hmm. because they have access to the most information ever. Mm -hmm. Literally, I enrolled a kid in my course who had already built an online course. Mm -hmm. Like he already had an online course that he built um, and what was awesome is that he didn't have the, um, he didn't understand the sales process. It was never taught to him. So he didn't do great with sales mm. because didn't know the sales process, right? It's a blind spot for him, right? So now in my course, he's learning sales. He's learning the sales process. So now he's learning, okay, I got to have these things in order or in place so that I can get a sale, right? Because you don't, a sale is, is intimate. Is someone giving you hard earned money that they worked for, right? And so, you know, a lot of times people want to just jump from, hey, what's your phone number to can I have your money? <laughs> like, no, you, you got to take them out on a date. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta talk to them. You got to hear about them or whatever. And, and it is, I hate to put it kind of in that term or in that light, but that's kind of what it is. And so, um, so yeah, so... They, they have a ton of information. They're doing big things. They want to do big things because things are in front of them all the time. They're on TikTok. They're on Instagram. They're watching influencers. They're seeing people that are creating dream lives. And um, yeah, I just had a student, you know, refer me a book that I'm, I'm reading right now. And I love the book. And the book is actually giving me, uh, it's giving me, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's giving me research behind what I'm teaching. In Best Best Skills Academy. It's a book called Limitless by Jim Quick. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it, yeah. Phenomenal book. And he talks about how, you know, one of the biggest issues that parents are having is I can't get my kid to do schoolwork. Well, what the parents don't know is that our brains will reject information that it doesn't feel is relevant. Your brain does that to you. So when you have your own brain sabotaging you, it's not that they can't learn trigonometry, but trigonometry will come with, they'll learn it with more effort because the brain is basically, you have to bully your brain to say, hey, I need to learn this. But, but why go through that? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the question that we have to answer for Gen Z is why, why trig when I can do TikTok dances and make a living. Well, so I, I guess kind of, I think you and I, we're the same age, right? We're, we're close. Do we talk to, we don't have to give our ages. But I'm, I'm 34, 87, baby. I'm in oh, the 80s oh, all day. Well, I don't care. Oh, you know what? I'm 35. All right. <laughs> okay, there we go. Boom. So, so I feel like you and I are kind of getting into this weird season of life that we're moving closer and closer 
to being the older generation. Oh my gosh. To, so, <laughs> so here's kind of some things that I hear kind of in the middle. Sure. All right. Um, the younger generation doesn't want to hear from me. Like I reach out to them and I don't hear back. Mm -hmm. Like I invite them to coffee or, you know, sometimes at the church, like we invite them to a next step mm -hmm. and they don't respond back. But then I kind of hear the older generation, um, like they're giving advice about TikTok and I'm like, you don't even have a TikTok account. Like, so I have a TikTok account. Mm -hmm. I have no clue what I'm doing. Okay. Like it, like, I had my second daughter and Clubhouse was real big. I love Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. I haven't been on it because all you got to do is sit and listen. Right. Like you don't right. even have to talk. Yep. Like and mm -hmm. if you want to talk. But TikTok, I'm like, holy cow, like you have to think about video and what you're going to do. And you know, right. so, so we have this like weird tension where on one hand, you know, hey, I'm willing to reach out to you you know, is it something that I'm doing that, you know, maybe what you're saying, you don't see value, but then, you know, even for like, I want to protect myself from becoming the, like, let me tell you how to do this. And it's sure. like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I mean, how do you manage that tension kind of, cause you and I are both in the middle of this. So I think that, uh, for me personally, um, I still very, I still, I, I still feel very close to my teenage years. Okay. I still feel like I have a very great memory, a very great recollection of that time in my life. And so um, there's some core things that I go back to that I feel like gives me an advantage. Uh, number one, um, I know that I listened way more than people thought I was. Mm. Um, I remember the conversations that my parents had with me, that different people around me, you know, I had youth leaders, you know, I grew up in church, I had youth leaders, you know, uh, mentors, you know, from, you know, youth group, youth pastor who said things to me and who probably thought at the time they were talking to that wall over there. Um, but I would retain those things mm. and those things when I needed them, they were there for me. Um, so I know that about teenagers. So for me, and I, t I tell you a great story. This happened yesterday, yesterday. So um, I have a really, really great friend of mine uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. She is a celebrity braider. I mean, she braids Allen Iverson's hair. She braids uh, so many different NBA players. And so um, she has a 17 year old daughter. And so her daughter is enrolled in the course and she, she, she enrolled her and immediately her daughter did nothing with the course. So, you know, I was like, all right, you know, hey, you know, I'll just follow the pay, you know, I haven't seen you, you know, do any work because I can track uh, the progress in the course, you know, on, on the back end. So, I, you know, reached out a bit and I said, you know what, I just got to let it go. I got to focus on, you know, my other kids. I, I, I cannot babysit her, right? She agreed that this was something that was for her because she had an interview, right? I, even though she, you know, her mom was a good friend of mine, she still got interviewed before, you know, she got in. And so, you know, everything lined up in the interview. So I'm just like, okay. So I just... I didn't move her to the side, but I just focused on the kids that were there, right? I focused on serving the ones that were showing up. Yesterday, um, I get a text from her mom, my friend, and she says, hey, uh, my daughter, she needs the login information for the course. She, she's ready to get going. I'm like, yes, because teenagers, sometimes you got to wait, wait them out. And, and so it's, it's the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the anxiety of waiting sometimes mm -hmm. that can get the best of parents, the older generation, because we just feel like they're not moving at our speed. 
when in reality, everybody's going to do everything on their own terms, right? One of the greatest gifts that God gave us is free will. We, we can do as we choose. Like I'm here engaging an interview with you, but like right now, if I just wanted to get up and leave and not complete it, I can, I'm not <laughs> going to, but you couldn't stop me. <laughs> I mean, you could try, but like you- That wouldn't be a pretty sight. So no, no, no. You no. know, it, so there's just, um, I think just realizing that, you know, young people, they get it when they get it and just being there when they do get it. So I think that's a strategy that I use. Um, you know, I try not to be just, you know, too aggressive with trying to enroll um, or even getting getting them to do work once they get in. The other thing is um, I just, I dangle a carrot. I think that, and it's funny for years doing, doing network marketing, there's so many rules. Um, because in, in past years, um, you know, people would entice people, Hey, you know, here's, here's my, my check, you know, I made $70,000 this month, you know, doing network marketing, working from home, you know, boom, I, I don't do any work. And so, um, the, the, you cannot show pay stubs in network marketing, you can't show receipts. It's illegal now it's called enticement. So, um, I'm not in that space with this. So now I can, I can dangle the carrot. I can tell them, look at, look at anybody, you know, that's successful. Anybody you know that is where you want to be, what, even what you consider successful, it could it could not be a million. It could just be working a six figure job, right? It could be all of those people to some degree are using what I teach in Be uh, Best Best Skills Academy at a high level. So it's like, okay, so, you know, you, you want to, to be an athlete, you want to play pro sports. Well, how good are you at networking? Because you know, it's going to hurt. What's going to hurt is that I'm, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm teaching you how to build your network right now. And if you don't take it serious or if you don't listen, or if you just choose not to take the opportunity, you're going to see somebody eventually on a pro team that is not as good as you. And they're there because they had the network mm -hmm. because it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, and it, it's so, I mean, you want to know something that's really, really cool. Like. I've been the first person to say that phrase to like so many kids that have come through the course so far. <laughs> like, I'm like, have you heard of it? Like, no, I never heard. I'm like, yo. And it's just like, boom, like, yo. Cause that is like, your network is, is it's life. It, it's, it's your lifeblood, you know? And so, um, so yeah, I think that, you know, for me, it, it's understanding that number one, Gen Z has a lot of knowledge and information. They can teach us something if, if we sit down and we listen because they know more than us because they're on their devices way more than we are. Um, it's being patient. It's understanding that, you know, you, you just can't beat people over the head, especially teenagers, because they will become more stubborn. They will just harden even more. Um, and then the other thing is I just I look for kids that it's the right time for them. You know, I, I've had several kids where I said not not a, not the right timing, not a good fit. And, and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because it's better that I say no now and then the opportunity not be tainted maybe a, a few years from now when it's the right timing versus they get in now, they don't really don't see the value, they really don't understand it and they maybe feel like, oh, I didn't get what I wanted to out of that course, but they also weren't ready for it. You know, so that's on me. And so, um, so I think Gen Z is, they're in a really good place. I just think that we have to be intentional and we have to be thoughtful on how we communicate and the messages that we we send to them so i'm 24 years old <clears throat> um you know whether i attend church or or not i'm looking for a mentor mm -hmm. um what do i do 
what do you do? Um, hmm, there's a lot of things you can do. So I think number one, you have to kind of figure out where you want to be mentored at. You know, what what spaces, you know, what what are you moving towards? Um, is it something in athletics? Is it something spiritual? Is it something whatever? Um, I think you got to kind of got to decide like what you're looking for, right? Um, the other thing is take action. You know, just move in the direction of the thing that you want, right? So um, if you're like, man, you know, I really could use, you know, uh, a mentor in, um, I don't know, finance, right? I really could, you know, just, I wanna know how to make some solid moves and put myself in the best position. Well, if you start to, you know, hang out at the finance uh, uh, book section or the business book section at Barnes and Noble, you know, you might strike up a conversation with someone that could tell you something. Um, if you are intentional to go where the people are that are making good money, there's a high chance that you can build a relationship. And one of the things that I learned from Bob Berg, who is the author of one of my favorite books, The Go-Giver, um, he was actually a guest on my podcast. You should reach out to him. He'll probably be a guest on here. <laughs> no, for real, for real. He, he, he's a really awesome guy. But um, he said that successful people are oftentimes much more willing to mentor than we know or than we think, I should say. And so I think it's just reaching out, you know. Um, I know for me, even, even, you know, outside of, you know, BBSA, right? I have, you know, little brothers, right? Little sisters, the people that I mentor, they're not in the course, it's just life. You know, they might be relatives, might be close friends of the family. I will always give more to the young person that seeks me out. Mm. Always, 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 always. If you're going out of your way to, to find me, to get in touch with me, then I'm gonna make it my business to serve you to the best of my ability because you're hungry. And there is something that being hungry just does. It, it just, and I, I think being hungry, you, you could almost say it's synonymous with faith, right? Um, faith is the substance, right? It's the tangible, it's the tangible stuff of everything we hope for and the things we can't see. Faith pulls, you know, things from the unseen into the seen. And so I think if you're 24 years old and you're looking for a mentor, you know, in whatever area you're looking for a mentor in, you know, start to show up in the places where they are. And in this day and age, you don't even have to leave your house to do that. <laughs> that that could mean, you know, going into the right Facebook group. That could mean, you know, shoot, now we, we got the metaverse. That might mean putting on the Oculus and walking around, you know, the metaverse. You know, there's so many ways um, to put yourself in a position uh, to, to get mentorship. You just, you gotta have a, at least a direction, right? You don't need the roadmap, but you need a direction. Well, and, and I love what you said, because I think you and I had coffee together and we talked about this. Like when people ask me like how to find a mentor, it's basically your answer. And I look back, <clears throat> there was a moment I was living in Philadelphia. My to-be wife lived here. And all of a sudden, like I had to call, email, and just get to know people. And I think people are surprised at how many people say yes. They're surprised, like, we're afraid of rejection. Um, and, you know, I think even with mentoring, you know, I love what you said too about what is it specifically that you're looking for? You know, I used to have a boss here at Browncroft. He's now the chairman of the elder board, Sam Huey. You know, he said, you know, mentoring is specific. 
and there's a specific time. And I think sometimes we just overthink it. And, you know, going back to the dating, you're not dating your mentor, hopefully not. Um, but <laughs> uh, I don't want to go there. But, right. but, you know, you have two or three coffees with them or lunches, and then you kind of, you chart out a plan. You know, are we going to go through a book? Are we going to talk about this? You know, right now I have a volunteer coach. Um, he's a guy from the church. We, we've started to develop a leadership development process. His name's Gary. You know, our process is over, but I'm still meeting with him, getting, you know, the perspective. And, and Gary's very different than me. And I'm so grateful for that because Gary, you know, Gary is like the task, logical, like I'm going to tell it like it is. And he, and he's self-admitted, he's grown in, you know, being sensitive, kind of reading the room and things like that. Um, you know, I also, I have, I mean, I have multiple, I can see every part of my life having a mentor, but I realize like I took the action, Yeah. you know, I took the, and kind of what you said, when people, when you do that, people give you way more. And, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, he's a friend, but he's also a mentor. He happens to be older. Like I call him and bounce off stuff. Like he's done more for me than I feel like I could ever do, you know, for him. Um, and it's amazing when someone younger reaches out to me, says, Hey, I need help with this. Sometimes I, I, I can't really help you, but 90% of the time I can find someone that can, sure. you know, and I don't know how many times, you know, if this happens, maybe I got some more work to do, but like, I don't know how many times I tell people, send me your resume. Yeah. Let me see what I can do. Yeah. You know, send me what you're looking for. Let me see what I can do. And I think you're so right, you know, about that. Let me, um, this conversation has gone fast, so it's great. Yeah. Uh, last two questions, so to speak. How does faith, you know, cause we've been super practical. Sure. How does faith and following Jesus inform what you do? Um, many ways, uh, many ways. I think actually my wife and I, uh, we were having a conversation, um, two days ago. No, it was yesterday. We were having a conversation. No, it was two days ago. Two days ago, we we're having a conversation, um, specifically talking about Matthew 33, right? So seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Right. So, you know, we're building a new business. This is a new baby. Right. And so, um, our thought is, man, how can we you know, what is in the midst of this, right? Because, you know, understanding what our calling is, understanding what, you know, our season is within, you know, the business of BBSA, you know, what does it look like to seek the kingdom? Mm -hmm. You know, and specifically kind of asking that question. And so, um, you know, I, I, and I said it to her, I said, so, I, and we began to talk through it. What does it look like? And for us, it looks like, um, being intentional to add value to young people wherever we wherever we can go uh being intentional to um share you know as as often as i you know have a chance and as i build relationship build rapport you know share christ you know evangelism is a big part of who i am um it, it kind of just flows from me if you will and so um you know looking for those opportunities uh looking for opportunities to serve not just to get the student to enroll right and, and for them for me to collect money from them but how can i just be a source of value you know and so i think that is really the biggest thing is you know you know jesus said you know if you love me you know feed my lambs 
if you love me, feed my sheep, you know, like that's really like one of the ultimate ways that you can show them that you love them. So in this day and age, you know, we're, we're in a space where, um, you know, people need to be served, obviously, spiritually, right? And and that's what the, the church is for, right? That's what the, the ministry of, of the church is for. But then there are people that they need to be served in practical ways, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and even again, every conversation that I try to have with a young person, I want to leave them with, with value. You know, I was talking to someone the other day about, um, you know, he, he's working to uh, get, um, get to a division one college to play football. And I just gave him some little nuggets. Hey, here are some things you can do right now to increase your chances. I didn't make them go through the firewall of my course. It was just, no, it's just here. Here, it's free, <laughs> you know, freely I receive, you know, freely I give. And so, um, so yeah, from a spiritual standpoint, I think for us, it's very simple. It's just serve. Mm. It's just serve because um, there's peace in uh, developing the right skills to be successful, right? You know, there's there's peace and, you know, like, you know, you said, if, if, if you, <laughs> if it's, if it's in you to do good for somebody and you don't do good, then, you know, that's sin. <laughs> Well, hold on. Um, you you pulled one more question out. So. Okay, <laughs> sure. So you quoted Matthew six thirty three: "Seek first the kingdom." And you know, the church and Christianity, you know, as you even talk about mentoring, they have this weird relationship with success and money. Like, and you know, the interesting thing about this conversation is people could leave thinking like whatever they think about success and money. But like, I think what I hear you saying is like, you know, I realize the context that I'm in. I realize, you know, success and money are important, but you're saying, no, I I seek Christ first. So how do you kind of reconcile that? Because I'm sure growing up in church and like, there's this weird relationship with all of that, how do you? Yeah. That's an easy answer for me. Okay, <laughs> you, you just you just read the Bible. There's <laughs> <laughs> a really simple answer. Um, the, the money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Um, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes that money answers all things. Uh, in Proverbs, he says, nobody listens to a broke person. <laughs> you know, you want to influence the next generation. You know what I mean? Like it, it helps. It helps to be on a, a path of success. Um, you know, even a story with the rich young ruler, you know, if you, people always read the one part, they say, oh, you know, Jesus says, sell everything you have and come follow me. And he turned away and walked away, boom, sad, because he couldn't do it because he didn't have wealth, wealth had him. But they don't read the verses underneath that. The very next thing Jesus says, man, if the kid would have just followed me, I'd give him everything he had plus in this life. It's it's in the book <laughs> and whether or not you just are ex, uh, deciding to not agree with that part or that that's up to you. Um, I typically don't fight that fight. Um, you know, I, I focus on, on what he says in the word. Um, you know, he says uh, what it was the word um, he says, uh, I, I would that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers, you know, and your soul prospering is not just your soul. It's, it's, it's holistic. It's, it's your soul, it's your business, your well being, all of that, all of that stuff. So, um, I really don't have that discussion. I don't get into that because I know what, what it says. And so I just focus on what it says as opposed to what people are saying, because that's when you get in trouble. 
when you start focusing on what people say and what they think and you know um man nobody's thoughts has has, has ever paid my bills before <laughs> <laughs> i mean i wish but it doesn't work that way and oh. so no, that's a perfect place to close. So we always end the podcast with what does Jesus say about this uh, topic? So um, I, you know, as a host answer first and then you get to clean up my mess. So, you know, so what does Jesus have to say? Why would I find a mentor? Um, you know, I look at Jesus's life and he <clears throat> he had a group of like 50 or 60 that kind of were following him. Then he had a group of 12 that he invested in. Then he had a group of three. You jump to the, and he really invested in those three, but then you jump to the book of Titus and there's a clear younger women with older women, younger men with older men. And, you know, Christianity and following Jesus assumes that you have a great relationship with the next generation or you're working towards that. And I think <clears throat> I love what you were talking about. We live in a time that there's more information out there and the younger generation is going to have more information, but all of us need those skills of someone ahead of us. Sure. You know, I don't know how many times I get on the phone. Um, you know, I have people that ask me business advice cause I'm a pastor. I have no clue, you know? So, and, and I tell them that I go, I have no clue. I've never walked through that. Let me call someone that does. And it's amazing to me that the moment I share the situation with them and connect them, they're like, oh, they need to do this, this, and this. Sure. And and so I think it's just, you know, if you're listening and you're looking for a mentor, like, you know, I don't think Daniel or myself said anything crazy. We just said, go find them. Um, and I think that that's the way Jesus modeled it. There's, there's a way to, when you find a mentor, or when you even start that process, you're actually giving value to other people, which is huge. So there you go. What do you got? Absolutely. All right, ask the question one more time. What does Jesus have to say about finding a mentor? Um, I think he has to say to do it. Um, he, he's, he's very clear, you know, that I'm trying to think of an exact verse. Um, but I, I just think even even Jesus himself, he said, I don't do anything I, that or I don't do or say anything that I don't that the father doesn't tell me. Mm -hmm. So he was he was submitted. Right. So there's always a place of submission as believers. Right. And even one to another, like that's why we have pastors, you know, pastors are shepherds. Right. And, and they're they're people that can look out and they can see danger. You know, they're people that can, um, you know, they've been through a little bit more. And I think one of one of my favorite scriptures is um uh, we overcome by the blood of lamb, by the word of our testimony. So the testimony, who who is that for? That's for the next generation. You know, you think about Israel, you know, and how many times when they, you know, had a significant victory or won a battle or whatever the case may be, there was a miracle where God would say, build an altar so you can remember, mm. remember, remember, remember. And so it's just like, yeah having that word of mouth, having that oral tradition, right? Um, it's powerful. And he, here's one thing that I, I'll say this, you in speaking to someone that may be looking for a mentor, you going out and taking that step to connect with and, and become, you know, a mentee, you're serving the mentor. 
because you're giving them a place to give value, you know, and it's really symbiotic. Like I, I think about, you know, some of the relationships that I've built because of BBSA where, you know, now, for example, uh, one of my students, um, Tejon, he was in a prototype course over the summer. He's in the video. Right. And so I was at an event where I was speaking and I reached out to him and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be speaking at this event. Would you and before I could get the words out of my mouth, he said, I'll be there. He said, I'll be there. And he came out and he filmed it for me. And he did it with a great heart, great attitude because he wanted to add value to me, mm. you know, because it's really awesome. And I, and I believe some of the best mentorship relationships can turn, can turn into friendships. Mm. And ultimately, like, that's always what my goal is, right? I always, you know, I want to have friends. I want to have friends that, you know, we can do life together. Mm. And obviously there's some people that are seasonal or whatnot, whatever. Some things may be more transactional than others. Um, but ultimately it's about serving one another. And I think that's what the epitome of, of Christ's whole existence was on this earth was he came to, to serve, you know, he washed his disciples feet. We forget that. Mm -hmm. We forget that like, yo, like he, he washed their feet and, and they didn't wear socks and sneakers like we do today. Like our feet are relatively clean all the time and we wouldn't touch somebody's feet. But they were walking around in the mud and the dirt all day and he was willing to wash their feet. And so, you know, even just being a mentor, you know, being willing to wash somebody's feet, mm -hmm. being willing to serve somebody, because that's all leadership is. You know, when when employees or when people at a company, when they need help, they go seek out a boss to serve them. Mm -hmm. Right. I can't figure out how to do this or that. OK. I'm going to serve you and helping you through this. Mm -hmm. And so I think what Jesus says is it, it's a great way for, for one generation to serve another and vice versa. And um, I think Jesus is the ultimate mentor. And uh, he gave us a lot in terms of an example to follow in being great mentors and even uh, being great mentees. Wow. What a way to close the episode. So uh, it's on a shirt, uh, Daniel's shirt, bbsa.info. Uh, You're on social media, so make sure you follow him. We'll be tagging him. Um, thank you for joining us for this episode. Our uh, website is whygodwhypodcast.com. Uh, subscribe to our email. Daniel, thanks for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, where can they find you on Instagram? Uh, the big bro underscore Dan. If you type in the big bro, I'm going to come right up and it's going to be a picture of me with a green background, but it's the big bro underscore Dan. I love it. I love it. And you're on Facebook too and Twitter. Yep. And Just Daniel Sneed on Facebook. Uh, Twitter, mm, not so much. <laughs> uh, you, you can only have so, I mean, I do, I do Facebook, I do Instagram, I do TikTok and TikTok is the same, the big bro underscore Dan in YouTube. Well, there you have it, folks. Now you got to go, go find them. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful day.